Welcome to Upfront, the podcast. I'm Katie Hannan. This week, I'm speaking to Christine Collins. Christine is an actor and a member of the Irish Traveller community who's set to appear in a new production of Tennessee Williams' The Rose Tattoo, which moves the original setting of the play from Italian America to an Irish halting site. It touches on themes such as self-determination for women within the Traveller community and runs from May 11th to May 20th at the Complex Theatre in Dublin 7. Christine made her first appearance on screen at just six weeks old, playing the daughter of Blackie Connors on Glen Row. And I started by asking her, what was that like? Christine, for listeners who might not be familiar with you, you're from a traveller background, obviously, you're from the traveller community, but had a kind of an unusual childhood within that. A little bit unusual, I suppose, yes. Um, yeah, when I was a child, I was in Glenroe for about 12 years. I played uh, Blackie Connors' daughter, but my father was also Johnny Connors in Glenroe, which is how I think I ended up with it so young. That was, in itself, wasn't it, a kind of a breakthrough moment for the traveller community? Absolutely. Like, you were there just as regular characters set within a rural community. You were just, you know, people in the neighbourhood, basically. And that, that that must have had a big impact in the traveller community, did it? Well, I, to, be, to be fair, I couldn't answer that question very well because I was literally a child. But I suppose it's something that people would constantly bring up. Oh, you know, Blackie and Johnny, they were the travellers in Glenroe. And, you know, so it obviously was. Obviously, Glenroe was a big king in Ireland in general at the time. So the fact that there was traveller characters in it, I absolutely do think it was something that was not done before. And in terms of being a child actor then, what was that like? Fun is the only word I could use for it, Katie. Um, I mean, like we were on set, we were like, we were, we had a good time. It was enjoyable. Um, so I, I, of what I remember, it was a day trip. Do you know, like you were out and you were doing, you were out in the middle of Braham and you were on call and you were in the set or you were in wardrobe, do you know? So of what I remembered, I was a good experience. And did you start off, were you, like, as a baby, were you on set? Like, what age were you when you started? Six weeks old when I first started in Glenroe. Six yeah. weeks old? Six weeks okay. old. And you were there until you were 12? Yeah. And was that when the production finished up, or...? That was, yeah, when Glenroe actually ended. Right. You got the, the acting bug, obviously, at that stage. Well, I, yes, and then I did a bit on stage after that with my father... But before Glenroe ended, or maybe it was after Glenroe ended, I'm not 100% sure, Katie, I was in Trojanetti with Richard Harris. And then I was in, I think I did a small, tiny baby cameo in The Commitment. Um, I'm not 100% sure. Um, and then I did a bit of on-stage work with my father and my team. So I've done, I've done bits and pieces. I was in The King of the Travellers then after that, and I had done a show a rewrite of a Bernardo Alba play were put into a traveller context and it was done with a group of amateur actors. They were all female travellers. And I was the only um, actress on the stage but that was an actor, if you get what I'm saying. The rest of them were amateurs and we did that in a project in Temple Bar. Can I ask, have you always played a traveller role then in, a, in, all, in, in every production? Yes, I have. And how do you feel about that? Would you like to go beyond that or is, is that what you like to do? 
No, I absolutely would love to go beyond that. But the truth is, I also like the fact that somebody's not... I know I'm acting anyway, don't get me wrong. I'm obviously not the character I'm playing. But the, my voice is authentic. And you know, my demeanor, my body language, you know, so... If I'm if I'm acting as a traveler, then at least I know it's being done properly. Does that make sense? I was going to ask you about people who are not from a traveler background playing traveler characters. How does yeah. that play with you? It plays fine with me if they're doing it properly, Katie. I mean, the fact of the matter is, like the show that we're doing at the minute, they're all professional actors. They're great actors, and you know they're putting time and they're honing the fact of the body language and the accent and everything else that it, that needs to be brought in to make it look authentic. And I think if everybody that did that, everybody that was trying to represent a traveler worked it in making it as authentic as this show is, is, is planning on being, then I think there would be less scrutiny on people playing travelers. Yeah, you know, I kind of feel like though, if you were in a production like this and you have, there was a number of people there who are from a traveller background and you're also, I just think there's a lot of pressure on you to get it right, isn't there? It is, it's asking a lot. I And I would feel that, I I would have to say it and to admire the actresses and actors that are in the show because they are trying to say, look, does this sound real and authentic or does this, like, is this what would happen? Would I say it like this? And so, like, they really are, they really are trying to make it look as real and authentic as they can. Well, I suppose it's a bit of a bonus that there is two travellers in the cast and they have somebody to bounce off of, which wouldn't have normally as was happened. Okay, and I, as I say, I want to talk about that in a moment. But first of all, just let me throw a random question at you because we love doing this. So we find out a little bit more about uh, who's at the other end of the microphone with these. Give me a question, a number between 1 and 20. Christine. 16. 16. Okay. Okay, this is very random, actually. Tell me something I don't know about you. I am a traveller that was married to somebody that wasn't a traveller. How, okay, that is interesting. How unusual is that in your community? Well, um, my children, my, my ex-husband, we're not together. We've been separated for 12 years. The children's father is, was obviously we were married and he was from Lanchestown. And so, yeah, we met through friends that I knew through school. And um, yeah, so I was married to somebody that wasn't from the traffic community. Did you have a big wedding? We did. We had a big wedding in Spain. And was there tensions around the fact that it was a mixed marriage in that sense? Um, from my family, no. From relatives on his side of the family, kind of, yes. Okay, tell, tell us about uh, the play. It's a Tennessee Williams play that was last performed here in the 50s so for me I wouldn't have a great amount of knowledge around the original show only that if from what I grasp of it it was an Italian American kind of Italians from Italy who had had moved to New Orleans as far as I know and were kind of marginalized in doing so because they were outsiders and because they had their own way of life and so. it just it's the rose tattoo and uh, and again, to make sure people know, it's running from May 11th to May 20th at the Complex Theatre in Dublin 7th. Uh, yeah, so it was originally set in an Italian-American community, but the, it has been rewritten now and transposed and it's now set in a traveller community. It was Your, your, your mother, uh, Catherine Joyce, would have been involved in the rewriting of it, yeah? She actually was, yes. Um, she, her and Vanessa had... Uh, transcribed it from um, and changed the second from an Italian-American one to an Irish-driver one 
within Ireland, which is crazy when you think about it, Katie, because this was done and this was analyzed and these, these all these crises of identity and um, sexuality and feminism was all happening in the 50s and there's been so prevalent within the traveling community right now in 2023, which is madness. Yeah, because again, just to explain to people, when this was last played, it caused a massive scandal because the themes in it around uh, sexuality, you know, women have multiple partners. Yeah, um, feminism, everything really, mental health. Contraception even. So these would have been challenging themes, shall we say, for an Irish audience in Catholic Ireland of the 50s. Uh, and to, to such a degree, it caused a major scandal. It actually ended up shutting down the theatre it played in. The the couple who ran that theatre ended up going bankrupt, splitting up. Like, it was a massive thing. And now we're coming back to it, set in the travel community. And what's interesting, and that's what I want to talk to you about, is to what degree are those themes going to be challenging for members of the travelling community today? I think, I think for certain members of the travelling community, every theme will be challenging for them. I think um, I'm going to talk from, first of all, Katie, can I just say my own personal point of view, I am absolutely not talking for every traveller in Ireland because um, I would never wish to try to do so. But I feel that um, like travel women coming to see this show will be at a grasp and at a pullback at the, the, the forwardness of her, her sexuality and her mental health and her lack of care and her mental breakdown and it all being so public because it's just not how travellers do things. What about the the place of women as depicted in this play and how that is set within how it how it you know how it plays with the where the place of women within the traveller community today? Because this is it is modernised, isn't it? This play it's is absolutely not... based. It is absolutely it it's it's a modern day setting. So yes. And so um, I think it's all very realistic, to be fair with you, Katie. Um, I mean, there is certain expectations of travel women and um, I suppose expected to live a certain way and have a certain lifestyle. Like, don't get me wrong, there's strong, independent travel women who would who would say, who would go against everything that's in the Spain and say, these are normal things. And it's not like, that is not how I live my life. I mean, I know plenty of strong travel women. I belong to one. Yeah, yeah, maybe we go back into that just a little bit because, as I say, you're a father, uh, Michael Collins, you know, very, very well-known actor, um, you know, a national figure, really, at the time. Your mother, again, very prominent uh, activist within uh, the traveller community and outside of it. I mean, Catherine Joyce would be a a well-known figure in Ireland uh, and obviously a very strong woman. So, obviously, even talking to her, I can see it's rubbed off on you and you had a great role model there. Absolutely. But to what degree would you have, you know, and your experience of growing up been different from maybe your extended family or your friends within the traveller community? And to what degree do you think you might have been seen as a bit of an outsider? I wouldn't use the word outsider, um, Katie. I would say that because of obviously daddy being in the public eye and my mother being such a prevalent um, activist, I would be a lot more confident and reassured in myself as a human. And I would be very proud of the fact that I'm a traveller because it was never something that I was um, ever taught to be shamed or belittled by because, you know, my mother and father are all so proud of who they are and where they come from. And I suppose that was just bred in us then. You know, you are what you are, own it and be proud of it. And if you want to be something else, then if you want to make a change, it doesn't take the traveller out of you. If you want to be 
a strong woman or if you want to be an actress or like do you know what I mean so I think the one thing my mother and father did with the whole four of us which I'd say would have made us a little slightly bit more um more confident and stronger would be that they were very pro-education and staying in the education system and getting a junior cert and leaving cert I suppose it was a luxury my mother and father never got to have because they were travelers and so they made sure that it was something that the four of us did yeah because I, I was saying like I've spoken to to uh, people from traveller community, traveller background before, who have also had parents who pushed them through the education system. Maybe they've gone on there; they've got third level, and that sense that that they are obviously there's a lot of pride in those achievements uh, back at their own, you know, in their family and their community. But you know, I have heard them say that to some degree they feel that they're they're travellers, but they're they're a bit apart. That their their experience would would be significantly different to a lot of people of their age. Yeah, I think what you're what I think what you're trying to say is absolutely there's a stigma with other travellers if you're if you're going outside the boundaries of which you should be inside. But I suppose that would that would counteract you as a person. I suppose, Katie, and I suppose the people that do go outside these boundaries are people that are confident within themselves. I think the thing about me for me being a traveller is that I'm proud of who I am no matter where I am or what I'm doing. And I suppose if everybody had that, then it'd be different. But there is obviously travellers that some people are like, um, could be like wary about saying or admitting that they're a traveller in certain environments. I completely understand that. People can be nasty and people can be racist. So these things, I wouldn't judge them for it just because I would never allow it to happen to me. Doesn't mean people don't, you know? So, I think these people that do break boundaries, men or women in the travel community, whether it's education, working in TV, I mean, politics and um, community development, whatever aspect it is, I think it takes a lot for it to say, I am a traveler, but that's not all I am. Do you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I was thinking of, uh, of Senator Eileen Flynn there when I'm thinking of that as well. I mean, it's an incredible role model. Well, in that then, and this is something... Um, that are really interested and I'm, I'm so delighted I have you to ask these questions to like the role of women and girls within traveller culture you know we we're talking about in the context of this play which is about 50s Ireland and for a time of course when girls and women had to know their place they couldn't step outside boundaries there was a lot of morality imposed upon them where are we at now and is that changing within travel community everything is that within our community i think that there has been progression and i suppose um education will have an impact on that um katie but i also think that you need to understand that some people are very conscious about um like protecting and caring for our our way of life and keeping it as it is too you know some of these women are happy to be married and be mothers and stay at home and that is what they call a perfect life. I wouldn't shove anybody into being something that they're not. And I think, you know, our culture is more than that. You know, these women are thinking about their children's future before they have them. And, you know, the life that they want for their children and what they want for their grandchildren. And that's okay too. I mean, um, our culture is based on religion, beliefs. I mean, the closeness of our families, the the how intertwined our lives are there's a very strong family structure within our community and it's something I'm very proud of I have brothers and sisters and I have cousins and I have aunts and uncles that I I 
I know from the bottom, some of my best friends in my life, biggest part of my life. And I think some circle people don't understand it because their families wouldn't be as close. Now, don't get me wrong, there's also a thing that comes with living next door to every family member that you have. But um, there's also a unity there and like a bond and there are things that travellers are trying to protect. In relation to, again, I'm going to keep coming back to the themes of this play because I'm just so fascinated about the idea yeah. of, of well, the women you know, taking, yeah, yeah, exactly, the, the role of, of women in the community. And I mean, I know that the, the idea of teenage pregnancy or um, having multiple sexual partners, like th- that's still considered completely taboo, isn't it? In, in, am I right with that or is that has no, that changed? No, you're, you're right. No, I think, um, I think within traveller culture, you know, there's a certain expectation on young girls to be to be refined and be and be good and be something that somebody is going to want to want and cherish the rest of their lives because it's theirs and theirs only. And I don't think that it's a, a negative thing or a positive thing. I think it's just a way of life. Do you think it should change? That's that's what I'm interested in. I think that very much so depends on the person um, and the female, the traveller female you're talking to in the moment or the minute. In my personal opinion, look, I think a woman in this day and age should be able to of a free mind and make her own choices, absolutely. Do I think she should be punished for them? No. But I also think it's perfectly okay for a little girl to want to be 18 or 19 or 20 and wait for her husband and for him to be the only man she wants to be with, if that's what she wants. But I don't think that the women that don't want this should be punished for it either. But I suppose my question is, and I don't want you to be answering for the whole of traveller culture, traveller community, but my question is, if you are a young girl, you're thinking, I just, this isn't right. Like, why am I expected to only ever, you know, be with one, one my husband to, to save myself, to not step outside these boundaries? But if you are somebody within those traditional uh, expectations and, you, and you, you don't go along with it, you, you, you know, you're not really given much opportunity, are you? I mean, what happens to you if you try and challenge that? as a young girl in a traveller community? I honestly couldn't answer that question, Katie, because I didn't try and challenge it. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but as you say, you say you, that there's a, 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 maybe people looking at it from the outside might not see well, I'll give you, I'll the give you positives own, in, in this, yeah. My own personal perspective of it is that, you know, this young girl that, that is doing these things and waiting for marriage is doing this as a sign of respect for the man and woman that brought her into this world. She's showing them the love back that they've given her her whole life so it's also out of respect to her mother and father the end of the day if they're good enough to have you and rear you and give you everything you want in life then it's good enough to give that respect back you know i think it's 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 a very complex issue and i think for people that are outside of it it's very easy to see it as a black and white thing and it isn't okay another question another number go on one to twenty eleven eleven what is the most important lesson you've learned in life? Um, I think the most important thing I've ever learned in life, I've learned, I, I absolutely say from both my mother and my father, and that is that you can only be responsible for your own action and you can only ever be true to yourself. And well, that's what I would say about what I've learned in life. I think if you're being true to yourself and you're thinking of your action, and how they impact you and others. And I don't think you will stray too far from the, the good of life. I don't think many people would argue with you there. Um, okay, you mentioned it just in passing there. And I just wanted to touch on it in terms of we're talking about 
inside you, Camille. But I'm saying outside of that, you know, as somebody, as I say, you were kind of a glamorous family, you know, if I put it that way in terms of uh, your profile and people would have known you and known your dad uh, and your mom. Um, but even even you, you and your family would have experienced discrimination. Absolutely. Absolutely, um, Katie. And I don't think there's a traveller that is walking on shoe leather that can tell you that at some stage in their life they've never experienced racism because I just don't think it's true. Tell me about the night of the premiere the, of um, the King of the Travellers. So we had obviously all been in the past and we went to the IFL. The Irish Film Institute, yeah. yeah. We did a premiere of the King of the Travellers and afterwards we left and we were going around the corner to a bar and we'd walked in with another few well-known musicians and actors from Ireland. And the man pint went to my father. He wasn't certain. You would you were there because you were obviously you were also. I was with him. Yeah. And he said, "You and you, not tonight." And he knew who your father was. Absolutely knew who my father was. And even in that company, he singled you out, singled him out, and said no. And one of the men that was with us, I won't mention no names, turned around and he said. Do you know who he is? That's what he called him. And he knew. He knew exactly who he was. He knew he was refusing it from that pub because my father was a traveller. How did you feel in that moment? Because that would have been, I'm just thinking, that would have been such a massive night for your family. It's that was, uh, a you know. wrenching turn in my stomach is what I got. And it's like, even if you're high profile in this country, and like my father, I wouldn't call myself high profile at all, but my father, I would. I'm like, to be that kind of a person, and just because of your culture and your identity, it's like, nah, that doesn't matter. Not tonight. At the end of the day, Irish travellers are indigenous to this country. This is our land as much as it's anybody else. So for anybody to have the authority or feel like they have the power to say no, not tonight because of who you are is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that put a whole absolute downer on the rest of that night and it took the goodness out of that day for us because one person's prejudice ruined what that day was I can remember that day and everything from that evening and I don't remember any other than that What did you actually do? Did you did you leave? Did you... We left and we went to another bar But as you say that's what you remember out of it Yeah and that's it. You know if somebody disappoints you and you, you know, you get that feeling where your stomach, like, it almost drops to the pit. I mean, it doesn't matter. That's there. It's not going away in five seconds because you're in a different bar. So that's what that was for us. Yeah, I, I think actually, I think people who don't experience that find it hard to put themselves in the shoes of somebody. Who, like, I could just imagine if I walked into somewhere and they said, I'm sorry, no. We've, so we're not serving any people from Kerry and I'm sorry I don't care who you are uh, go home uh, when you're not look, you're not welcome here so I, it is an extraordinary thing to take on board and also the sense that that might happen somewhere else and I think the thing that bothers me so much Katie in this country like is that Irish people don't believe that they're racist and I think it's an absolute like I think it's mental but if you if you like I can I cannot count the amount of times that I've I've had encountered racism in my life. And like you said, people would if they never knew who I was, they knew who my father was. Do you know what I mean? And like I just think in this day and age, 
it's absolutely mental that this country is so open arms and went to many different nationalities, which I have no prejudice against. I don't care who lives in this country. If they're nice to me, I'll be nice back. But Czech can be so barefaced and rude and ignorant and racist to people that are from this country. Like, I think it's crazy. Like, I am 35 years old and I still can't wrap my head around the racism in this country towards travellers. Is it changing? Is it getting better? I don't think it's changing and getting better. Um, I I feel like I think um people, I suppose, get to know you and get to realise that at the end of the day, you're a traveller, but you're still a human on a personal basis. Yes. But like overall, no, I think the prejudices and the racism and the judgment and all the people, the stigmas around being a traveller are very prevalent in everyday life for travellers. Okay, and I'm 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 kind of almost reluctant to say this, but just to 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 say, and I'm not in any way saying this justifies a single thing of what you've just talked about there. But when say a publican will say, "Well, I used to have travellers, but I had some trouble, and now I don't anymore." Yeah. When you hear that, what 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 do you think about that? I think that is still that sentence in itself is racism. Because I'm not being rude, Katie, but if a settled person from Tala went into his pub and had a fight with another man from Tala, what would he do? Tell every man from Tala that they couldn't come to the pub just in case that happened. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying about what I was putting the context of it. Yeah. Imagine if everyone from Kerry was suddenly not, not available, it's absolutely, not, not welcome. That phrase itself is still racism. The fact of the matter is, if you're a good publican at all, you judge every single person walking in that door as the person walking into that door. And not who they are and where they come from. That sense that is this going to be okay? You know, social situations where you're going somewhere new that you maybe haven't been before. Does that does that play on your mind? Absolutely, always in the back of your head, always. For any traveller king, I mean, you're always going in there with the unknown of whether you have whether somebody that you don't know has a problem with you because of who you are. And do you think, like, when you see like Eileen Fled, we mentioned uh, Eileen Flynn, Senator Eileen Flynn, now. Do you think that having somebody like Eileen Flynn in in the Shannas, you know, speaking, you know, so eloquently about, uh, you know, traveling community and travelers' rights, does that make you think, well, actually, this this is we we are getting somewhere here? Absolutely, women and women and men like Eileen Flynn. I won't just talk about traveler women right now. Have absolutely been trying to change the country for the better. I think Eileen Flynn is an amazing woman in general. What she's doing for the, for our people is absolutely brilliant. I have to say I am extremely proud of her. She's one of the people I would be extremely proud of. But I also love the fact that children that are in our education system right now are looking at her and saying, she's in the shaman and she's a woman and she's a traveler, so I can do that. I'm going to grow up and be like her. Or if I want to be an actor, I can grow up and I can be like Michael Collins. Or if I want to run a traveller project, I can be like Catherine Joyce. Giving these children role models is what's going to change our people and the path that we have in the future. I think, well, like I said, education is power. And I, I am a firm believer in that. And I do think that that is what is changing our people slowly but surely. We will get power from education. And I do think we will hopefully get like some just just like just fair play in this country like we're not looking to run it <laughs> and also that education system do you think the education system is improving as well in terms Absolutely. of and i i have to say i had i had a 
I had a good education and I had a good time in education. Did it go without prejudice or, or things that had happened because of who I was? No. Did I let it affect my educational world? No. But like I told you, it wasn't rare to be ashamed of who I was. I never hid it in school. I was very vocal about who I was and where I came from. I was the first traveler to go through the Dominican convent the Capra. The first one ever. And were you the only one in your year? I was the only traveler in the school at the time. And it's the same with St. Bridget's National School in Castleknock. I was the first traveler to go through that from junior to sixth class. God, you must have been kind of uh, quite an exotic figure, actually, then, to some degree, in fact. That... Not that I call myself exotic, I suppose. I just, um, like, before I went to the school in um, Castleknock, I don't think children in Castleknock is quite a posh area. I don't think they knew what a traveler was, do you know? I had to say, I do great. Like, I met friends in both of those schools that I'm still friends with. And yes, did I have experiences or was I called names at one stage or another in regards to my, my background? Absolutely. But I suppose it's not how, if it's done, it's how you deal with it. Were you prepared for that at home before you went to school, basically, where you said, look, these things might happen? No, not that my daddy and mommy would have ever said that um, it it might happen or it may not happen. But when it did happen, I suppose how we dealt with it, we dealt with it as a family. So um, I I can tell you what it was, but I won't obviously mention any names. I was was quite into sports when I was in uh, primary school and... We were playing basketball and there was this boy and he was calling on me, but he couldn't get the ball off me. He caught me uh, a fucking lacquer. And um, I said, what did you call me? And he told, he said, and I um, I never said nothing, but the teacher overheard. So I just continued to play. And the teacher went upstairs. I have to say, credit to credit where due was my sixth class teacher. He was an absolute gentleman. And he called the both of us outside. And um, he said, you know, you can't say that to her. She's a person. You owe her an apology. I'm going to suspend you. If you want him to be suspended, he'll be suspended. And so I said, I don't know what I want. I, I want to go home. So I got my mommy to collect me and I went home. My mommy says, my daddy says to me, write down a few words about who you are and what it means to you to be a traveler. You go into school tomorrow and you stand at the top of that class and you tell them what it is for you to be a traveler. So I did that. And I says to the boy, I says, I don't want you to suspend him. I said, I don't want him to be suspended. I still have to be in class with him. I want him to know that if I wouldn't insult him, he shouldn't use a word to insult me. And that's how we dealt with it as a family. And I suppose my teacher was very welcome at the fact that I wanted to let the class know that, yeah, I might be different, but I'm still a person and that my culture didn't define me. And so I have to be honest, it never happened again in primary school after that. I'm still bumping to that lad from day to day and he's giving me a hug and he says hello to me. We were children in 12th class and it happened. But I suppose how you deal with these things around sex people was impacted. And you know, like I seen him years later and we were 19 years old and he came over and he was asking me how I was. He was like, you know, I never ever forgot about what I did and you know how you never got me suspended. So there is ways of dealing with racism in the right context and the right way. And I suppose making people aware is that thing. That's brilliant. I mean, I, I just think that, and I think that, again, go back to the actual original thing that Boy said. I think that there isn't an understanding, I think, in the settled community about how distra- how horrible that word is. I agree, but I also think, you know, these are children, um, Katie, and they're not learning, they're not picking this up off the ground, they're being taught it, and adults are teaching it to them. 
And it's as simple for an adult to teach a child the right thing than it is to teach them the wrong thing. Um, okay. I'll do one more. One more question. I've kept you a long time. Right. Uh, one more upfront question. Give me one more number. Number seven. Okay. When was the last time you cried? This is the one we get at, we, we, that comes up a fair bit. I cried two days ago. I have a best friend who died four years ago on 15th of June. And she was my first cousin. And I was having a stroll down memory lane. And I had a good cry. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And just to be, just to be aware of the fact that the suicide rate is so high within the Trevor community. Because she did die by that. And I suppose there's another thing that um, is is not talked about enough and mental health is not talked about enough and it also relates very much to the show. Yeah, that is why I cry. But also just um, the mental health system in this country is an absolute shambles. You're right, of course. It is. I, I, I saw the stats for very recently. I was looking at this, the statistics of uh, suicide and mental health in, in the travel community as you say suicide particularly among young people is a real huge that's problem that's cultural identity that's um, sexual identity that's mental health that's anxiety depression you know and they're things that aren't approached enough they're not they're not monitored enough and they're taboo so it shouldn't be happening you know and these things are happening travellers are still people at the end of the day nobody is in this life without without having a sexual awakening a mental awakening about being insecure about their culture, their identity, where they fit in in their life, their world, their area, you know, and all these things, they impact a person's mental health. And that was Christine Collins. Subscribe now to get new episodes on your feed when they're published or get in touch if there's someone you'd like to hear featured. On Twitter, we're at RTE Upfront or send us a WhatsApp message to 087 1000. And don't forget to join us on RT1 and the RT player at 10.35 on Monday night for my TV show. Talk to you then.